0: soul and welcome to spiritually empowered podcast i'm your host ashley coleman thank you so much for dropping in with me today today i'm really excited to have a conversation with my awesome friend elise and elise kendia is a licensed clinical social worker in richmond virginia and being both trauma-informed and intuitive, she seeks to hold a harmonious and balanced space for her clients to heal. Life is both 50% positive and negative, and Elise keeps this in perspective with her work. As a holistic therapist who values the interplay of the mind, body, and spirit, Elise offers EMDR, cognitive behavioral therapy, mindfulness, is a Reiki master, and a breathwork guide. So I met Elise when I was working at a float tank. Where was it? Vitality. I worked there for like two weeks (laughs) and I met Elise there and I just remember her being somebody who knew who the fuck she was and is really bold and is really just herself unapologetically. So I love to bring that type of energy onto this platform and i'm super excited to share with you her story and yeah here we go hi elise welcome hey ashley thank you for having me absolutely i'm excited to have this
1: conversation
0: yay me too thanks for being here so how about we all just together take a deep breath or two and settle into our hips our root Feeling the earth, opening up the heart space. Beautiful, okay. So Elise, I want to ask you right off the bat, if you are called to share, what does being in your power feel like to you?
1: Thank you for that question. And I would say over time, this this answer has evolved because when I was younger, being in my power meant being really angry and I would tear it up like just, I was the bad kid and um, I thought that made me really powerful and over time, I was able to and I'm, I'm still a, pro- it's still a work in progress, and I'm still in my process. But over time, I'm really able to shed those layers of anger. Like what's inside of anger. Um, there's this powerful book that I read years ago called The Dance of Anger that I love to re- um, refer my clients to when they also have a similar struggle. Um, because yeah, it, there's something in it, but we have to get underneath it to see like what's really at the root of anger. So. Being in your power to me now means really being in almost like the eye of that storm, like being able to be calm, being able to, even what we just said at the beginning of this episode, like take a few breaths, you know, respond and not react. Figure out who you are before taking action, before talking, before responding or reacting. And knowing who you are in the sense of and i know we've been talking about this you know and i'm really excited about this part of the conversation like breaking out of the cages that we think that we should be in so yeah knowing who you are like having having that knowledge but being willing to to be in your life and kind of play with it and um like play can be really powerful too like joy can also be really powerful I used to think that people that were happy were like fucking idiots. I'm like, you're happy? What the fuck is there to be so happy about? That's insane. (laughs) And now I'm like, sometimes if my clients are having a bad week, I'm like, you really need to go watch Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, starring the one and only Jim Carrey, whose birthday is today. Wow. Oh
0: my God. January
1: 17th. God bless America. I fucking love Jim Carrey so much. So anyways. Being in your power is like being able to, you know, I really do believe that life is 50% positive and negative. And being able to accept that and work with that. And like, yeah, you know, if you see something bad, if you see something you want to call out, feeling in your power to do so, but also being able to hold good. And being able to make space in your life for what feels good and Mm -hmm. like being able to hold that. I know with a lot of my clients and in my own life, it has, that's been a really big challenge. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, how good can you stand it? Yeah. And it's like, sometimes we really can't stand for it to be too good. Mm -hmm. And that's not powerful, Mm -hmm. right? So I really think that being in your power, means taking responsibility for yourself and yes we live in this interdependent I believe in oneness and connection and that wholeness but I also believe in our sovereignty as individuals and being willing to take responsibility and take back your power
0: yeah
1: you know um something that I've had to I've been thinking about a lot lately is um energy protection and not necessarily even protecting myself from outside forces, but protecting myself from my own negative spiraling thinking. Like, I have to take responsibility for that. And so developing uh, tools for myself, like this morning I was finding myself in a spiral mentally. um, And I was like, okay, I have to stop this. And so I kind of got up and I looked at Daniel, and I was like, Daniel. And I started, like, making these weird noises and, like, shaking my body and, like, just dancing and just being like, okay, I'm shaking off all of that crap. And then the dog, Mia, oh, my gosh. She started howling, like, how she howls when the fire uh, trucks go by. And I'm like, wow, do I sound like a fire truck? <laughs> like, oh, my God. But it, you're going to have to deal with it, sweetie, because mommy has some things that she has to release right now. So, um yeah, I just – I think being in your power is – is like having a 360 view on life. Mm. Like it's all important. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Your deepest relationships and the people you spend the most time with, yeah, that's really important. And it's also really important how you treat the people that you just kind of pass by on the street. It's Mm -hmm. important to have control of yourself. Um, It's important to take responsibility for yourself. And that's all very powerful. Mm -hmm. Um, And I do also think that of course, like having that spiritual connection to whatever you want to call it, God, goddess, the universe, source. Um, but realizing that all of that that you're seeking out there is inside of you and it's under you. And like it is like the earth that we're on, right? Like it's all just as as much as we can look in the at everything else outside and just see that it's all a mirror to what's here, what's inside. Um, I have found that to be really powerful Um, and like my own spiritual evolution with that, you know, Um, growing up Christian and being forced to go to, uh, what do they call it, youth group after, you know, after school, I would go with my friend. I won't say who she is (laughs) because it's fine, but we used to meet up at her house first. We're like 16 years old, right? Just listening to like pop punk and like punk rock and dyeing our hair and I'm from New Jersey, like take the train into New York City, go get my nose pierced on my 15th (laughs) birthday. Like I was just that kid Um, going to my friend's house before youth group, drinking out of her parents' liquor cabinet and then hitting, you know, Christian soft rock on the acoustic (laughs) guitar or whatever with like these guys in high school. It's just like, what are we, you know? And so I, um, and even before that growing up in a Russian Orthodox church, There's just so many rules and it's so... I I just felt like it was very corny. I was like, this is... If this is what being in a relationship with God is, like, I don't want it. Like, this is all really corny and, like, doesn't mean anything to me. So I took a really big left turn away from religion for a long time. And then I would say... Although I've always been interested in it, like I've always been interested in tarot cards and I've always been interested in like crystals. I used to collect crystals even as a kid. Um, but really figuring out what spirituality meant to me has, didn't happen until probably 2014, 2015, 2016. Really, 2016 I would say was the year that I really was like, boom, like, okay. I, I can kind of like turn back towards this concept um, and that's when I started a really a deeper mindfulness practice. I was working in a school and I um, I wanted to teach the kids mindfulness. Um, having all my trauma-informed background, it's like, you know, there's trauma and then the opposite of that is resiliency and how do you build resiliency is you build your inner resources and how do you build your inner resources is through mindfulness that was like, that was my kind of progression on that path. So then I was like, okay, a mindfulness practice. Great. I'm going to teach the kids mindfulness. And then in my program, it was like, okay, well, if you want to teach anybody anything, you have to be doing it.
0: Yeah.
1: And I was like, heard. So then I started my own mindfulness practice and I would meditate like in my office at work. And (laughs) yeah, that, that was funny. Um, but it was it was really powerful for me to say, okay, like, I don't have to go to a church. I don't have to worship this, you know, this idea of what God is, who Jesus was, this book written by white men 2,000 years ago or whatever. Or maybe they weren't white men. I really don't know. But anyway, the Bible. Um, maybe I can just, I don't have to do religion that way. I can do, mm-hmm. I'm putting religion in air quotes, you know. Spirituality, I can do that in my way. Mm-hmm. And that has been really powerful for me as, you know, Aquarius stellium, like Aquarius rising, like obviously Aquarius sun. How do I do things in my way? Yeah. I don't want to buy into what mm-hmm. what everyone else is doing. Like, mm-hmm. to me, religion is kind of like a cult, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but spirituality is something different. Although they are talking about the same things, sure. I find them to be different. Yeah. So... From that point, yeah, when we met at Vitality, obviously was getting really into some new things. Um, I had heard about Reiki before, but um, then I took... Katie Bosch offered us all Reiki One as employees there, and I was like, this is amazing. This is so cool. You can just... You can tune into your own energy and you can channel spirit in your own way. That's so cool. And so then I started... Yeah, just practicing more, meeting more people, you know, you and I connected. Um, and yeah, from there, it just is like this daily practice that I involve myself. Like, I just I have to do it every day. Yeah. Um, I feel like I'm like <laughs> going off. So I don't know if you want had- do you want me to keep going uh, that
0: was awesome. <laughs> oh my gosh that was beautiful thank yeah. you Elise. Yeah. so many things I could expand on there please yeah. like go on like you I love hearing your stories mm. and there's so many pieces there that I want to expand on and something yeah. that really spoke to me about what you shared was connecting or what I heard connecting to the center of yourself and not reacting to life, but responding to life, taking those pauses. And I'm like you, and I got to connect every damn day before I step out into the world, you know, connect in because some of us are, you know, sensitive, you know, we're all sensitive to differing degrees, but people who watch this or who listen to this, um, podcast are, you know, I feel highly sensitive beings. And so in that space of sensitivity we can be imprinted on and what led me to energy healing was i wanted to imprint the world versus being imprinted on Mm. and so i want to pause there and then jump to another topic we can kind of jump around here as you were speaking i was thinking to myself so when you act out of alignment because as spiritual people i think we're we can be very judgmental on ourselves we can as we build our awareness You know, we look in, we say, oh, I've done this thing. Maybe I did it once. Maybe I've done it for the last two years. Maybe it's a self-sabotage. Maybe I've hurt somebody else. You know, and this is something that I'm coming up against or having the opportunity to explore in my own life of taking responsibility for how I've treated others and how I've, you know, maybe blocked myself in different ways. So, you know, when you realize that you maybe have stepped out of alignment how do you reconcile that? What are your steps, or how do you personally, or how do you walk your clients through this You know, in a way that's taking responsibility, but also kind and gentle?
1: Mm. And for me, that that kind and gentle piece, I was just talking with someone yesterday, because my last name is Kindia. The word kind <laughs> is in it. And I'm yep. like, uh, I don't identify as a kind <laughs> person, and I really want to. Okay. Um, Mindful self-compassion has been such an mm-hmm. such a gift in my professional and personal life. Um, I love the... There's a workbook called the Mindful Self-Compassion Workbook. Love that practice. Even just, like, the practice of, like, you have these two hands and, like, putting them somewhere on your own body. Like, I've got me no mm-hmm. matter what. Mm-hmm. Allie always says it this way, like, being where your two feet are. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that's, like, an AA saying. But... Like we get so caught up in these mental, you know, like spirals of, and that's, that's a place I found myself this morning thinking back all the way to second grade and earlier. What, what have I done to people that has hurt them? And I just read this amazing passage of this book. Um, It's a compilation of mindfulness um, chapters of books from different mindfulness authors. And one of them is Sharon Salzberg. And she had this quote about, or she shared this anecdote about her own practice where she keeps in your mindfulness practice. And I think in any spiritual awakening practice, your your own demons are going to just flood right to the yes. front. Yeah. And yeah, how do you deal with that? Mm-hmm. And I think that for every person, there's a different answer. But her in her, this particular writing, she was talking to her teacher about it. And the teacher said... Something to the effect of, yeah, everybody deals with that. It doesn't make you that special. And if you don't want it to keep bothering you, forgive it and move on. Like just with yourself. Do you, Do I need to go through the Rolodex of every single person that I've known since second grade and call them and say, hey, I think I pushed you off of a swing when we were in second grade. I'm really sorry. Are they sitting there thinking about that? I mean, the fact that I'm sitting and thinking about it, sometimes it makes me think, well, maybe I should. But I don't know that I need to be putting myself through that necessarily, you know, and I don't know that it does anything to help that person to hear from me. And I know there's different Schools of thought on that, and so I haven't. I'm not going to say that I've landed anywhere like super specific when it comes to that practice. In terms of like, what do I do in the outside world, or how do I make amends to other people? But I think it does always start with us. Yeah. In our like, we have to sit with ourselves first. What what do I want to do with that? How and it, not to necessarily pacify ourselves or make ourselves feel better. Like, oh, I want to feel better. What do I do to make myself feel better? <laughs> But, what do I do to actually make this right? Yes. yeah, and sometimes it is reaching out to that person sure. yeah if if it's really necessary if if you ask yourself the question and you say the really compassionate thing would be to loop this person in and give them the opportunity to hear an apology from me or to say what they need to say to me, maybe that would be the right thing um but sometimes it's. How can I make my side of the street a little bit better? How can I take better care of myself and the people that are currently in my life mm-hmm. so that I'm not doing that again? I'm not right. I don't want to say perpetuate, but you know, mm. so I'm not taking unskilled action mm. anymore. Yeah. I think we do have to be really compassionate with ourselves though that being a human and I'm sure there are harder things to do, I don't know. But being a human is really, really difficult. And especially in this time in history, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we have access to all of the information. We yeah. could we could find every corner of the earth if we wanted to. Daniel does – he his side of TikTok is very funny. I don't have my own TikTok anymore, so sometimes I'll, like, look at his TikTok. And he just has – like, last night, okay, so for example, there's some guy on TikTok that you comment on his page and he'll find – that very specific comment somewhere in the world. So somebody commented, find a guy on the beach with tan lines eating (laughs) Cheez-Its. And he zooms into somewhere in Hawaii and finds some guy with like a farmer's tan and like eating Cheez-Its. You can find anything you want in the whole world right now, right? And that can be really overwhelming for really sensitive people. I think something I would say to a really sensitive person who is like, how do I deal with all of this? Not only, like, what I'm dealing with in my own life, but then all of, like, knowing all these things. Sometimes it's, like, stop accessing all of those Mm -hmm. other things. Deal with yourself first. Make yourself – and this is something I tell my clients all the time. If you're not number one on your priority list, I think that you need to reevaluate some things. If, like, Instagram and, like, your kids, your husband, if those are above you on your list of priorities – you really need to like rip that list out of your journal, throw it in the trash and like make a new one because yeah. you really need to be at the top. If you're not if you're not okay with yourself, then you can't be effective. Like yeah. you can't give you can't involve yourself in a in like a truly genuine way anymore. So I do think and and that might sound really selfish, but I I think that if It's not like you're spending eight hours a day just completely, like, looking in a mirror, you know, um, in your own... and, And maybe you are on some days. Maybe some days you do need eight hours of, like, I only care about myself right now. And that's okay. But I think oftentimes people don't realize how quickly... Once you feel full in your heart and it feels like it's overflowing. I got the ace of cups today as in my tarot reading too, so that's interesting. Once your cup is overflowing and you, have, you feel like you're full to the brim, now whatever's spilling out is for other people. Yeah. Yeah. And you can go out into the world and be of service and give. And um, yeah, I just find that really a powerful message that has helped me. So I guess I would say that would be a practice that I have very much landed on is like make sure that your cup is full first and then you can give what's overflowing. Giving yourself compassion and you can do this in any moment of the day, like just putting your hands on your own legs and like feeling, okay, here I am and I love myself or holding your own hand through like a difficult conversation, like be there for yourself first. Um Don't disappoint yourself. Don't abandon yourself. Like you are always, and this is an interesting thing about dissociation, right? Like we think we can abandon ourselves by, and we, and sure, substances make that easy if you drink or if you do these other, like if you ingest something that makes you completely detach. And then there are, of course, dissociative disorders that, you know, people develop through having gone through trauma and things. And those are absolutely real and yet you're still always with yourself like you're going to come to and then you're going to be in your same body um and so how how can you really lose track of yourself if if you keep if that if that pattern just keeps going then yeah you'll lose track of yourself but at some point you're going to wake up and sometimes for people that's really terrifying and they don't want to be awake in their own life mm-hmm. um and I you know, for some of those people I can't blame them. Um but and as somebody that I used to drink a lot, um, and yeah, I've I've been sober for a little over three years.
0: Snaps, claps, yeah. yes.
1: And um and that feels good and yet I mean the demons just keep coming. Sure. Yes. And I'm like, Hey girls, hey girls and boys, can we just like <laughs> Yeah. Can you just give me a minute like can I just have like a one like a whole solid week of just like not not being confronted with those mm. demons um that would be great, you know, but i'm I would really much rather have the clarity, even if what I don't like what I see all the time right rather than that the hazy distorted yeah, I'd really just rather have the clarity, yeah um. As painful as I c- it can be but yeah. it feels it definitely feels better yeah. than continuing to escape yeah and to abandon myself and yes. um to not be proud of myself or to not take responsibility for my life
0: yeah beautiful yeah oh my goodness yeah it's like this line of responsibility and kindness or this not like this strict line but this flow of, you know, because I know for me, I went through my own addictions, as you know, and I just, I tried the route of extreme self-judgment and I tried, I tried to come at myself with swords of judgment, you know, every time I would binge eat and this went on, I literally thought I would never get, and this was after I was sober, right? I was, you know, using food. So like you said, eh, things keep coming up, right? Mm -hmm. You take away the substance, What's still there underneath, you know, and I learned that, you know, what we use to get beyond ourselves is a medicine so it's like it's not addiction and the substance is the medicine that we are trying to use in order to soften something within us and so I love to look at there's a there's a skillful part of you if you binge eat or if you you know do these things we all have these vices right there is a it's a skill and an inner intelligence that says something isn't right something is not okay and so I'm taking this action whether it's destructive or it's the gym whatever it is there is an inherent intelligence in reaching for something outside your body and that really unshames it I took this whole course Elise. it was about unshaming it was with Mm. Simone soul oh yeah yeah she's awesome right and so you know what my addiction taught me specifically you know the food stuff was I get to love myself even when I quote unquote fuck up like Mm. that, you know, I heard this from Matt Kahn. It was like, if something is still with you, if you still have this issue or problem, whatever it is, it's not done blessing you yet. Mm. And that's not to take away from the suffering or the pain of it. Like that's totally fucking real. But it's like, I started to change the way I viewed this problem with food. And I learned that one of the gifts of that painful pattern was to love myself unconditionally. Unconditional love means there's no conditions. Right. That's literally what it is. And for me, I'm blessed You know that I grew up with that. And so I was able to reach that in my consciousness. Like, you know, my parents, if you kill someone, will still love you. It was this unconditional peace. And I think people who don't have that growing up, You know, I love you and I fucking wish that you did. You deserve that. And, you know, perhaps it's part of your divine mission to learn how to grow that in your body Mm. and walk people through the process. Because something that's innate, you don't necessarily know how to walk through it and stumble and crawl. So I think, you know, that from pain to purpose vibe of I wasn't handed this. So holy fuck, now I have to learn it from the ground up. So I'd love to ask you, like... You know, what is your from pain to purpose vibe? What comes to mind, you know, if you want to share on a pattern or a painful something that you are in the process of? Because perhaps we never, <clears throat> excuse me, we're never done, right? Like the second we think we're done, like, oh, shit, here we are. Yeah. So, you know, what is something that you are in the process of turning to gold? Something unique to Elise that you are building from the ground up in yourself?
1: mm a good question. It's kind of a hard question. Um, Let me think on that for a second. Because I've always thought of myself as really, I think, how do I want to like put this in words? I've always been very motivated. I have a lot of passion inside of me. And I haven't known exactly where to direct it. Um, and I, as you know, I, I'm now work for myself, which has always been my goal. My dream, um, is to work for myself. Even I was driving over here today and, you know, I'm running late and in the past that created so much tension because I was always late for work, um, because I didn't want to be there, you know, and I didn't, and then having that supervisor that I knew would be breathing down my neck and things like that and it just it was like just always creating more tension and then today I was like I can let that go because I'm my own boss. I'm coming to hang out oh with my, my friend God. Ashley and we're going to record this podcast and um it's fine. Like we don't have to, I don't have to worry about being a few minutes late. Like I'm not in that type of a paradigm anymore. Yeah. Like what's 10 minutes when and I needed the extra 10 minutes Hello. myself. It benefited me. I was Damn. like, let's get the vibes right. So yeah. Period. Yeah. We'll see. So it worked out. <laughs> so I think for myself, in my mind, I have this idea of like what, a, what working for yourself means, what being in business for yourself means. And I'm currently un-building that. Deconstructing that—that's the word. Mm-hmm. I'm like unbuilding <laughs> I what, love it. Um, you know, like this concept of reparenting. Like you need to unlearn the toxic ways you learned how to do things, and then reteach yourself the new ways. Yeah. Um, I'm currently in the process of like, what does working for myself actually mean to me? I keep having this thing of like, I and I do want to be in person for certain parts of my business. Yeah. Also, like to get out of my own house and just like,
0: yeah.
1: I'm an extroverted person. Yes. On the Myers Briggs, I'm an ENFJ. Very heavy on the J, by the way, like <laughs> judgmental. Oh, I can change my J score because I know which questions to change. Oh, like I wow. know how to change my answer. Like, Because wow. I, <laughs> I, had a therapist that was like, take the EN or take the Myers Briggs, and I was like, well, you already know I'm I'm an ENFJ, and she was like, yeah, we know. But when I took it, I was like 70% J. And I was so ashamed of that. I was like, I need to change this. And then I went back in and I became like 19%. Mm. I was like, okay, good job, Elise. Um, I'm really like 100%. (laughs) So I can be very like, it has to be this way. It has to be this Mm. way. And I listened to your podcast, your newest episode last night, where you were talking about right and wrong. And it has to be this way or it has to be this way. And I think for me, so like from pain to purpose... The words are kind of coming. It's like the pain of it has been that it, you have to fit in. You have to do it this way. It has mm. to be. It's only right if it's this. Um, And my now my purpose becoming. And something that I've been thinking. It's actually so cool that there's so many different types of people on the planet right now that you can find whatever the fuck you're into. Go be into it. Yes. What? <laughs> yeah. Like, I was talking to this girl yesterday who's also, she's about to get her LCSW, and she was asking me a lot of questions about, you know, going into private practice for yourself, which I was I was sitting across the table from her. Like, girl, I wish that I had somebody like me sitting yes. across from me at your stage yes. because I waste, not to say I wasted a lot of time, but, like, so much self-doubt just, like, mm-hmm. poured in, and the people I was surrounding myself with were, like, 60-year-old yeah. People that had been doing it since the 70s. So they have a very, like, this is how you fit into the box of therapist. Right. right. This is what it means. And you have to do it this way. And that completely blew open, I would say. And, you know, for me to leave my job and go, um, you know, I took a year off of working as a therapist when I was at Vitality. I was like, yeah. sure, I'll make $12 an hour or whatever they were paying. Like, I don't care. Like, I need a break. Yeah. But I was able to meet so many cool people and then re-unfuck my brain yes. and say, okay, what would it actually mean to me to be a therapist? I don't have to do it the way that my my supervisor from who got her license in 1977 or something. Like, that's the year my parents got married. Like, relax. <laughs> um, like, I'm good. Yeah. Things can evolve. That's right. They don't have to be because somebody wrote a book in 1912 and – You know, you have to adhere to the DSM and all this. Mm. Um, I can make my own rules. And so I think that is um, one of the ways that I'm turning my pain into purpose is getting to live my life the way that I want to. Mm. And I don't have to do things the way that the board of social work says I have to do everything. I mean, I I follow, you know, whatever whatever they have written down, I'm following it. (laughs) But, you know not in, not in, I don't take insurance. I'm not, you know, if I have clients that want to submit for insurance, I tell them right up front, I have to put a a diagnosis code on that. So I'm gonna diagnose you with Mm. adjustment disorder, probably anxiety, probably depression. I mean, if that's what's going on with you, that's gonna be written down on a piece of paper that your insurance company now has a hold of. So that's on you, but you know, Or that's – if you want that to be your reality, then we can make that happen. Um, I mean, there's definitely some unfucking our brains that needs to go on around, like, healthcare in general, but, you know, mental health. I think just even societally, I was, like, sitting and talking to Daniel today, like, wouldn't it be so nice if we could just wake up in the morning and, like, not feel like we had to do whatever we had to do to just, like, survive in this this the way that society has been built and that's like way beyond me and maybe that's not exactly my purpose right now but it's like it's helping me when I can say to myself well I do have my own business and I can decide how I want to run it today like this morning you know I'm in charge of myself I said I'm gonna go to Ashley's in the morning I have one client today and then I'm going to get a massage and then I'm going to the chiropractor (laughs) that's my Tuesday today like And we, you know, and I, I would really love for everyone on the whole planet to be able to like look in the mirror and mm-hmm. say, how is my energy best used today? Mm-hmm. And to be able to answer that call. There are a lot of people that they just can't because of, you know, circumstances, racism, poverty, like whatever's going on in our capitalism that's holding people in a certain place. I, I know like but our mind really, if we could like take those prison bars out of yeah. like from around our own thought process. And right. like and here's a here's where Liz Bowden comes in, right? Like mm. <laughs> I just had a journey with her, yeah. you know, a couple weeks ago. And um yeah, how do you expand what you think is possible right. for yourself?
0: It starts there. Right? Yeah.
1: So You know, and, and of course I have to acknowledge my privilege in that. And there has been, I have had help. I've had, you know, I, it was expected of me pretty much by my parents. Like you're going to go to college. You're probably, my dad's a dentist. He really wanted me to take over his dental practice. Actually, when I was in college, he was like, first of all, you're being, you, you're majoring in women and gender studies. That's, that's not what I would like for you to do. Um, We won't go into all the colorful language that my dad uses, (laughs) (laughs) but anyway, he had it was expected of me that I was going to get a higher education and I was going to be a lawyer or a doctor or something like that. So that was always something, even though I didn't go in the direction that they wanted me to go necessarily, um, that was always definitely an expectation or like I took it as, I don't want to say I took it for granted, but like it was just going to happen. I was going to go to college. I was going to probably go to grad school once I figured out what I wanted to do. And, and I did. And like, that's just been my path because it's kind of expected in my family. A lot of my, a lot of my cousins, um, I mean, I don't, I can't think of any that haven't gone to college. And then, and I have a lot of cousins. I mean, I have like 20 cousins or something. And I think most of them have done some type of like post four year and I mean, one of my cousins is like a psychologist at Johns Hopkins. Like she's brilliant, you know, and another is um, she works with kids with autism. And so she has her doctorate. And like, so there's just, yeah, it's like expected in my family. Mm So I'm, and so I acknowledge that privilege that that's something that my brain was already to that point of like, well, that's going to happen. But now it's like, okay, well, what? What does it mean to me? Like, I get to decide what it means to me. And so, I think that's for everybody. No matter where you are in life, what you're doing, what does your life mean to you? Mm. And what do you want to make it mean? What do you want people that are in your life to feel from you? Yeah. And how do you want to treat them and yourself?
0: You just unfucked my brain a bit, Elise, (laughs) (laughs) bringing the Aquarius energy, the revolutionary, what is my way? I love that you had that light switch and I love that you, you know, stepped out of your practice because you, and this is just me reiterating in my own way, correct me if I, you know, say something that doesn't fit, but um yeah, you felt this enclosure and it wasn't fun and then you stepped out of that. I'll make $12, Like that's better than feeling this constriction around me. And then it's like you realized, wait, I get to make this whatever the fuck I want to make this. I had a similar ish moment where, after my four years in college, and I'm very privileged too to have all these options and things. And I think, you know, for me now, that's something to celebrate versus something to be ashamed of. Right. Because I really had felt you know, with, you know, my dad being an entrepreneur and with all this abundance and legacy that he's created, I used to feel ashamed of that. And Mm -hmm. that shame would actually stagnate my energy and my ability to serve the world. And so now that I feel excited about the um, epic resources I have and excited that oh my God, like I can, you know, do whatever I want with my life. I get to serve from a space of freedom and abundance versus shame. Right. You know, so that's been revolutionary for me. And I remember after my four years, I was like, fuck you know what am I gonna do this was after I graduated from VCU and I loved VCU I love I, I ended up loving school after I hated it and I was in my addiction I was like wow I really love it now this is awesome oh good because I get to pick my schedule and I get to decide oh I want to go to class at 10pm let's rock it out yeah <clears throat> I miss those days of like
1: being in the the yes. back end of like ooh I get to choose my whole and I, reading all the descriptions of the classes yeah. and stuff and being like wow that's so I cannot wait to take that class <laughs> right
0: yeah and then it was the puzzle of well shit I gotta I literally have to puzzle every class and every location you know so that yeah. was a, a little tense piece of it but yeah still awesome once it worked out and fell together it was like right. fun yeah oh I'm with you on that yeah um but I had this experience my sister's a Gemini and another air sign she's super like on point with what she brings out in others you mm. know And I was sitting in my family room and I was like, oh, do I want to go to grad school? I was researching all these schools and all these things. And I felt this pressure to keep going with, you know, education in this specific way. And she looked at me. She said, Ashley, you know, God bless her. This question changed the course of my life in a way. She was like, when you're on your deathbed, what do you want to be known for? Mm. What do you want to have mastered in your life? And I was like, it just stopped me in my tracks. And I, I soon realized... I want to be, you know, I want to do energy medicine. Like I want to be known for soul healing. Like that's what I want to do. And so that changed the course of my path. And then I had a therapist at the time, found a shamanic training, and Mm. all this like momentum started to build up. And I think that question gets to be different for us. You know, maybe I wake up tomorrow and I'm like, what do I want to be known for? What do I want to leave behind? And maybe it's different. Sure. So in that sense of evolution and unboxing ourselves, what's the truth today? you right. know, maybe you have the same truth for 10 years, maybe you wake up and you're a different person today.
1: And letting that be, like letting that, oh shit. I don't give a shit about that anymore or like <laughs> right. wow, I really care about this so right. much. Or and or if it's not different, is it like I mean it can be different. Mm-hmm. What if it's just more? Right. Mm. What if you're this and this? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's really exciting. It and is. a lot of people don't think like that. And, um, and so just, it's really, I think it's really important to surround yourself with people that you are inspired by Correct. that bring out the best in you like that to have a sister that's going to ask you that question and stop you completely in your tracks for like, cause if you were to then apply to one of those programs, then I mean, the way that that all ends up unfolding is, like, there's four more years of cool. your life. Yeah. Um, and then what you care about. Yeah. So mm-hmm. surrounding yourself with people. I love um, – that was something Manifestation Babe said on her podcast where she was, like, never take advice from people whose life that you don't actually want. <laughs> like, yes. if someone is going to give you advice and you take it, it has to be something that turns you on and is really inspiring. Yeah. and that you would actually emulate and want to be like. And so that's something mm. when I, so that she honestly, it's so wild the way that like the dominoes just fall. I had left my job in 2018. I started, have you heard of rebel in Richmond? It's this group of entrepreneurial women.
0: No, I think maybe you shared it with me once. Probably. Maybe, yeah. They
1: have this conference called RebelCon. Right. And so I was like, well, I'm going to go to that. Started following all these women from there. And I followed this one girl, Sydney, um, and she had posted something and had tagged Manifestation Babe and James Wedmore. Who are these people? So I start following them. Mm -hmm. Oh, they have podcasts. I'm going to start listening. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they're, of course, back then, 2018, they're really about just like, I made my first million. It was all about like money and business, but both of them have so much like evolved into spiritual people. Yes, yeah. Like, Manifestation Babe has her breathwork stuff. And yeah. even in her program, she teaches breathwork. Right. Um, James Wedmore now has moved to Sedona, just, like, living on a vortex or something. <laughs> but, like, um, yeah, that was definitely part of my spiritual evolution, too. Like, how how is your business – like, your business is part of you. Your spirit is part of you. Your body is part of you. Your mind is part of you. Like, all of this stuff is, pu- is all just a part of you. It – all interplaced together. It all is woven together. So yeah, but when she said that of like, why would you take advice from people that you don't want to be like? And I was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> good question. <laughs> wow. Love you, girl. Wow. A Libra right there. Um, yes. yeah. But yeah, so I think that's a really important thing for anybody listening. You know, if you're if you have people that are telling you what you should and shouldn't be doing, you know, take a step back and say... Who are they and where is that coming from? It's probably coming from a good place, but do I really want to emulate? Mm. Do I want to take their advice? Do I want to be like that person or not? And really, I mean, finding out who you are and who you want to be just on the inside, outside of anybody else's opinions or influence or anything is really more important than anything else. But, um, yeah, when somebody is not inspirational to you... um, I I wouldn't take their advice really. Yeah. Find people that are inspiring. You know, you're like you're most like the five people you spend the most time with. That's right. Um, Yeah. Find people that you want to rub off on you. That's right. Because that's our that is you know neuroscience is like our brain is the most you know it's so absorbent it's it's so moldable and malleable and it will and can you can change your habits you can change all these connections in your brain based on your environment. Your brain wants to shortcut your life. Your brain wants to make your life as easy as possible. So it's going to adapt to the environment that it's in because it has to to live. It takes so much energy. I mean, oh, my God. And that's something that we learn, you know, in EMDR training is, like, when you go through a traumatic experience – your prefrontal cortex, which is, you know, the most evolved part of your brain goes offline because that's the part that takes the most energy. Mm. Um, our critical thinking, our ability to rationalize, yeah. our ability to think in language. Mm. <laughs> like um, So our brain is very powerful. It takes a lot of energy to form our own thoughts, like to have original thoughts takes a lot of energy. Mm. So yeah. If we can surround ourselves, you know, using the subconscious mind, hacking that part of ourselves. um, Even, like, I notice in your house, like, it's very, like, calm and serene. And I would imagine that that helps you to shortcut yourself to that. If your house is, like, full of stuff and there's stuff everywhere and, like, no judgment. But, like, that you see that and your brain feels the chaos That's kind of right. building yes, right yes. and so um yeah i would just say surrounding yourself with the the things the people the environments that you want to be like is going to help you be like that right i mm-hmm. i don't really believe necessarily that when we know better we do better all the time mm-hmm. i think sometimes mm-hmm. but you know um A lot of times and our brain wants to help us it wants to make things easier so as much as we can like following
0: that Mm, i love that yes yes to everything hit us with the (laughs) neuroscience hit us with the science yeah i love it wow Elise, what advice would you give to an empathic soul who has so many gifts and so much energy and wants to be quote unquote free from the matrix, which we know, which I know, and maybe other people feel this way too. It's a freedom in the mind. It's a freedom of consciousness. That's where it starts. What would you say to somebody who wants to build wealth and share their gifts with the world? If say somebody doesn't have a business yet, or maybe they, you know, let's just say they don't. You know, how do you direct your gifts to be of service to the world in light of this from pain to purpose and take that wherever you want to take that? Like, you know, what would you say to somebody who has all these gifts and doesn't want to be boxed aquarius style? Mm-hmm. You know, where would you lead them? What would be the first couple steps that you would have mm-hmm. them explore?
1: Well, of course, what we've what we've been talking about, like getting clear with yourself, always checking in, like just landing solidly in yourself. Although I know an Aquarius wants to be (laughs) in another galaxy or another dimension or something, but like land in yourself. Um, What's the, what is the intention for like what you're sharing? Um, But yeah, if it is to be self-sustained, if it is to quote unquote escape the matrix or like, um, you know, I do think that it's, like, capitalism and all of that, like, it does have its its far reaches. Like, there's that episode of The Office where Michael is like, I'm just going to get on this train. I don't know if you watched The Office. But he's like, I'm just going to get on this train and, like, run away from all my debts. And then his girlfriend, Jan, comes and is like, your debt follows you electronically. Like, you can't you can't just run away from your life. Um, like, your credit card company is just going to keep sending the bill. It's not like you don't exist anymore. So, um I would say like, and and that's where, I think balancing that like three D, um, reality of like the situation that you are truly in, like taking stock of that, like being really real with yourself. Do you have debt? Do you have bills? Like how how do you want to live? Um, what's possible? But if you have goals and you have. A vision like taking steps towards that vision. I was talking to a client about this yesterday. You know, it's hard to know what to do today if you don't know where you want to be in 25 years. Like, if you don't have your life vision planned out, if that feels really unattainable, like let yourself dream that big and then step it back 10 years, five years, one year. Okay, if I want to be. On January 17th, 2024, if I want to be in this X, Y, and Z place, what do I – what are the things I have to do starting today to get there? So one thing um, that I really have – I use in my own life, actually, this notebook that I have, this notebook, um, the 12-week year. (laughs) Hmm. Um, So instead of working even in year chunks, like working in 12-week chunks, working in quarterly chunks – and having goals that you want to achieve within those twelve weeks, um, so that helps chunk it down so much to like what what can I actually take action on today? Like what yeah. feels right, you know? If something that you want to be known for is sharing your gifts, like do you have an Instagram account? Sign up for one. Go live. One person might show up. It doesn't really matter. Get into your own energy around like what it is that you have to share. What are the avenues that you want to share it in? And like you have to then do it. Correct. (laughs) You have to take action. That's right. And people will resonate with it eventually or maybe they won't. And then maybe that's good direction for you Mm -hmm. to say, okay, this isn't what I need to be doing. Having those like constantly having check-ins with yourself around like does this feel right? Am I Are people resonating with this? When I do get to connect with somebody, does it feel good? Like for me, okay, so therapy is mostly what I do. One-on-one, it's a lot of talk therapy. We're working through traumas. You know, a good amount of my clients, we do EMDR. Love that work. I also really love Reiki, and I really want to be doing that more in person. I have a space now that I'm doing that out of. I've had one person in the last month it's not it's not the thing that's flying off the shelf and people aren't really booking that with me right now does that mean i'm going to stop advertising for it i mean if i you know and so for myself this is this is like personal right now so i'm walking myself through this process right, right? cuz in 25 years how old am i going to be 60 something i want to be i don't know that i necessarily want to be i i just want to have done my best in life and for me like my path is helping people face the truth and heal and mm-hmm. feel whole with themselves, raising their own consciousness. Okay, so that's mm-hmm. what I want to be known for. Something that makes me feel good is sharing space with people in person, channeling this beautiful energy yes. of Reiki, sharing that with them, sharing with them. I have Claircognizant cognizant abilities too. Like I just like know shit. Yeah. And so somebody will come in for Reiki and I'll be like, oh, X, Y, and Z is going on with you, isn't it? And they'll be like, yeah. I'll just know that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So, like, I love having those kinds of yes. conversations. Here, let's pull a card. Oh, my God, this card means this for you, doesn't it? Yes. So just do it, <laughs> you know, and put yourself out there. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's maybe it's not going to be the thing that flies off the shelves. But if I get one Reiki client a month and then I teach two breathwork classes a month and then I have my however many therapy clients I have a week, like, I'm good, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um have, having conversations like this, um, getting on my Instagram every now and then, gonna start my own podcast back up again. Like, doing the things that light you up. We're still in the matrix. You still have to pay your taxes and right. shit, but right. like, do you feel better? Do you feel more like yourself? Mm. Do you feel like when you look in the mirror, when you put your head on the pillow at night like, wow, I really showed up for myself today. And I really shared what was on my heart and I was really vulnerable and I but at the same time I felt really powerful.
0: Yeah.
1: Um that for me is that is how mm-hmm. I can go to sleep at night. <laughs> yes. Um and even though I know that I'm still here and I have to I have to live and I have to, you know, my work supports my life. Mm. Um, It's still work that I want to be doing. Right. So I would say that, yeah, you know, I have a client that works at Capital One and tells me all the time how much they love their work. I could never be you, but I'm happy for you. Yeah. Good for you. At least Mm. there's somebody in Capital Mm. One that likes what they're doing, and it's not everybody that just hates their life and it's just a freaking drain on society, right? right? If you can wake up every morning and you log into Capital One and you're happy, good. Yeah, I'm glad. Yeah. If you wake up every morning and you go to work and the my the my Reiki teacher, um, she used to work in a dental office, Mm. hated it. Mm -hmm. So then she said, okay, I'm just going to stop and I'm just going to do Reiki all the time. Yeah teaching, offering Mm one-on-one sessions, whatever. But if she were waking up every day and like those three days a week Mm -hmm. that she was working in the dental office, she loved that. And she loved what she was doing elsewhere. You know, that's great. Mm -hmm. But when you are in your own energy and you're like, I hate my life. (laughs) I hate what I'm doing. That Mm -hmm. is being in the matrix. Mm -hmm. So if you can wake up and you're like, Mm -hmm. I love what I'm doing. And nobody can take that from me. Right.
0: Damn. That yeah. is so beautiful. You really simplified that and brought that home. Mm. Do you love this? You know, because that was beautiful, Elise. Thank you for sharing yeah. that. Even the things that we love can also scare the shit out of us. Like oh. my vision of you know being on stage and and offering you know teachings and medicine. I'm like, and I've worked with you with I did a visualization session, yeah. and that's how I remember you and your gifts in a way is through you know your visualization, your envisioning. So thank you for that. Yeah, yeah, you know we love it and you know for me it's about facing my fear like say you know i want to get on instagram and i want to do a live right and it feels right my soul is telling me to do it and it's this intuitive thing and right before i hit start i hear this voice that's like nobody's gonna watch it and i also learned through manifestation babe that your ego who's not concerned with yours your expression and expansion it's concerned with your life being alive. like yeah. This ego is amazing. It's so beautiful. It's focused on survival. It's not focused on thrival. And so that frantic, stressed voice, we really, I feel, need to acknowledge it, know where it's coming from. Because if we're not mindful, we'll live our life in quote unquote safety. We'll, and that's my rising Aries medicine for the people in a lot of ways. And myself, it's like, jump. You know, yeah. take action, take messy as fuck action. There was this quote from my shamanic, um, book by Alberto, uh, Oracle deck, which I love by Alberto Violdo and a couple others, which I'm sorry, I can't remember their names, but it's like, any path will lead you there. Start walking it. which right. And I love that. So it's like dreaming, embodying that inner child, you know, what is the vision and the dream? And I dare you to believe in it. my dad taught me that my dad quit his job with two kids and his wife didn't work and he quit his job he had overlay though yeah you know he did it you know with some overlay with some buffer with some support there sure don't just fuck your life up yeah (laughs) just put a freaking stick of dynamite and be like let's just see what happens listen northman and scorpio might do that i might do that like i might blow some shit but i hear you and you're right i totally with two kids me i don't know sure exactly (laughs) yes like yeah right Yeah. That's amazing. Right. And so, you know, one of his biggest teachings is the world will beat you down. You know, you you have to, right, if you let it, you have to believe in yourself. You have to believe in your vision and take messy action. And just like you said, have a goal and work it backwards intuitively. Yeah. And if you're meeting your fears, congratulations right you're on the right path right you're gonna
1: do it afraid a hundred percent tell us yes. that was something that James Wedmore said too where he was like you fear is going like kind of exactly what you said okay you turn on the live is that the same fear as I'm about to go deep water diving with frenzied great white sharks? Like, if you if you are in the middle of the ocean and some fucking shark comes up on you, you're probably going to die. So, like, maybe don't go out without a cage.
0: Yeah.
1: Like, if it scares the shit out of you because it's going to kill you, then okay. Yeah, correct. Don't do it. Mm-hmm. Like, that would be dumb as fuck.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But if it scares the shit out of you and it's going to expand you, mm. like, absolutely fucking do that. Mm. There's no way you shouldn't do that. Mm. Um, yeah. <laughs> like... And, and it's, you know, easier said than done. I yeah, know. I've definitely sure. been there. But pressing play on a live, like, unless your phone turns into, like, Ghost in the Machine, which is a horror movie that I saw in, <laughs> like, third grade, um, and, like, literally, like, reaches a hand out and, like, strangles you, it's not going to kill you. All right. It's not. It, I mean, it might be embarrassing sure. if nobody comes on. Yeah, that's embarrassing. But, like... At least you have the live now. Save it. And, yes. and you know, somebody might <clears throat> be scrolling back through yeah. your stuff. And, you know, in a few months when you keep showing up and there's yes. more and more and you have more content out there, yeah. people are going to scroll back. Mm. I probably started listening to Manifestation Babe when she had, like, 50 podcast episodes maybe. Mm-hmm. And I scrolled. Once I listened mm-hmm. to, like, the first few that were, like, recent, I scrolled all the way back to the beginning. That's right. And I listened to all of them. Yes. And then I haven't listened in, in a hot minute, but... You know, I was a pretty – I was, like, following her for a while and listening. Like, I was – when she updated her podcast, I was listening to it. Like, I really found value in what she was Mm. saying. She doesn't give a fuck. Like, she's, like – Yeah, really. God, ask me if I care. (laughs) I And that was something that came through on my journey with Liz. Like, this voice of just saying, like, who cares? Yeah. We take life so seriously. And, like, there are some things we should take seriously. Yeah. Absolutely. And when it comes to these kinds of, like, sharing of our gifts and, yeah, it's vulnerable, but, like, you're th- you're overthinking it. Trust me. Mm-hmm. Like, you are overthinking it. Mm-hmm. And I say that from, like, I'm overthinking it, too. Yeah, yeah. But here I am. We're over an hour into this podcast. Like, we're not overthinking it that much. No. Just letting it flow. Right. And, like, it's fun. Yeah it's not that big of a deal right you know
0: balancing the structure and the flow yeah because i feel in order to kind of channel for me at least and i'm sure you feel this in your life that little bit of structure whether you read it or not having some formation of energy yeah is helpful in moving forward and having that freedom absolutely yeah Mm, beautiful beautiful okay my love well, talk to us about your work and maybe we'll kind of close up there. Um, tell us about, you know, what you love about your work and also what you're excited for. So share mm-hmm. with the beautiful people here yeah. what you do, if you have openings, what you love about your work and then mm-hmm. what you're stoked about moving yeah. forward.
1: So I think right now, and thank you for that question, um, I think right now what I'm loving in my one-on-one work is EMDR. Um I have a client that we've done a few, I don't know how many sessions we've done at this point, maybe like way less than 10, maybe five, like solid EMDR sessions, which stands for eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. So it's this type of therapy where you go into a memory and as the therapist, I walk you through the different kind of like levels, your energy body, right? Like your thoughts, your emotions, your bodily sensations, like the subtle energy, your beliefs about yourself. And I kind of trigger my clients when we do EMDR, like we're going into like the first and worst memory mm-hmm. associated with this trauma for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but through the process of EMDR, which uses bilateral stimulation. So I have this software on my computer that, you know, it does, um, Sounds in either ear and the clients are following with their eyes. So activating the right and left brain. As I said earlier, when you go through trauma, your brain like turns off the prefrontal cortex. Going back into the trauma with the bilateral st- stimulation brings that part of the brain back online. Mm-hmm. So now your logical brain is looking at this too. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a memory of that where this happened. And I always used to see it through my six-year-old eyes yeah. when I would think about it before EMDR. After EMDR, I saw it as my adult self watching. Wow. And being like, what in the actual fuck is going on here? Whereas before wow. I was like, oh my God, I'm disgusting. I'm ashamed. I'm right. a terrible person. Ugh. And then my adult self was like, are you kidding me? Like, I don't feel triggered by that in the wow. same way. Like yeah. I just. Yeah. Yeah. An adult man shouldn't be coming at a six-year-old child. It's just kind of like, it's right. it makes it make sense. Yes. So yeah. mm. EMDR helps trauma almost like make more sense. Mm. And it so when we have a traumatic memory, it really triggers, you know, logical brain is completely offline bypassed and we go into this like fight or flight. Mm-hmm. When EMDR brings it back online, we're no longer going into fight and flight over that memory. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and we bring more logic to it. We bring more perspective, our adult perspective. Um and it just helps us, like, literally just – we can't change the fact that it happened, but we can feel better about it. Yeah. And it doesn't send us, right? So I have this one client, and we've been doing this this one memory. And she was, like, having to go to this physical place in her life that this traumatic thing happened. And, you know, she was like, when I used to see that place, it would trigger me on a – lot. and we use this – scale called the suds scale um on a scale of zero to ten how disturbing is it for her it used to be like an eight so she would see this place and she would be so disturbed it was on a level eight that's pretty high if you can think about being like Mm -hmm. triggered right and then she was like you know over the holidays i had to go back and see that place and you know i was at like a three when i saw it so she went down five points that's very significant when you're dealing Mm -hmm. with like Am I going to use drugs or alcohol to cope with this being on a level eight? Am I going to just dissociate? Am I going to, like, how am I going to cope with being that triggered? Now she doesn't have to make that choice because she's not as triggered, mm, right? Yeah. So that's very exciting to me. Yes, um, I love that with my work. And I definitely am accepting clients for EMDR and other types of therapy. But I really just love EMDR because it's very uh, clear, organized, like, it just it just makes sense to me. I just really love it. And I, and I think when clients give it a chance, they get really, really good results. Sometimes it can be a kind of, you know, people don't love to do it because um, it is triggering. But when they do get the good results with it, like I had a client who I've been seeing for a few years now. We had a session yesterday and, and we hadn't done EMDR in a while. And she was like, I really want to do EMDR today. So you can just jump in with it too, mm-hmm. which is nice. And it helped her go from, I think she was at like an eight and she was down to a zero, which is like really the goal. So there's that. And then other things that I'm doing, I guess like where I'm going and what I'd like to be doing more of is breathwork classes. Um over the summer, I, I got a Breathwork Teacher Certificate, so I'm excited about that. I teach that at BOD Wellness, which is in Scott's Edition, as well as at Tau, obviously, in Carytown. Um, January 27th is my next one at BOD, and February 4th is my next one at Tau. I love doing that. I would like love to see... You know, I tried to do a retreat over New Year's. It didn't, it was not, didn't pan out. But that's something I see for myself this year is either leading a retreat or co-leading a a retreat with other people, um, doing breath workout retreats, as well as, you know, meditation, Reiki, journaling. I have my journal um, that, you know, I published through Amazon. So that's available. And that's a combination of prompts and blank pages because I love journaling. I journal every single day. It's um,
0: wonderful. <clears throat> you should grab it if uh, you're called
1: to. Yeah, yeah. Thank, thank you. you. Um, I just, I love that, the expression. I'm, I'm something that's moving for me kind of personally too is more just expression, like sacral mm. area. Like, I've been going to Ecstatic Dance a lot. I just went this weekend um, and that was really fun. And I'm just, neuro was like, you're like the vibe ambassador because I'm just right there in front <laughs> of the speaker for like the whole hour. Yeah. Just, like, I'm just, like, losing it. I or like saw going, you. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I was nervous to go into the big, like, heated room. I was, right. like, I walked right in, and there you were. I yeah. was, like, what's up? <laughs> yeah.
1: And then she was at a retreat this past weekend where yeah. I I went to that. Right, right. And, and in the same I was the same, gotcha. just, ah. Wow. So that's been really fun. So that's something that I'm leaning into more this year of, like, just expressing myself more. And wanting to be in community more, being mm. like COVID, being pent up and I work out of my house. It's, yeah, yeah. you know, um, I just see that ending and I just want to go out. Mm, so, beautiful. Um, yeah, I, I would love to connect with more people in person. Um, I'm looking for an office kind of like, I don't casually is a word. Um, I'd like for it to be the right fit, mm-hmm. but that's something I see for myself at some point. So, yeah, a lot, a lot moving, a lot going on. Nice. Yeah.
0: Beautiful. That's I love good. it. It's very multidimensional yet. Yeah, there's just this common thread of all the things that you do, of like empowerment and individuality and healing. And I love what you shared, you know, what you wanted to be known for was like, you said it so beautifully. So anyways, I'm not even going to try to repeat it. But okay, Elise, thank you so much. Is there anything else that you feel called to share? Is there anything else you want to leave with those who tuned in today? And obviously after that, we'll link in the show notes how people can find you and you can share a little bit on that, your website and stuff. But is there anything else that you feel called to leave with um, the listeners today? Yeah.
1: Well, if you hung in this long, thank you. (laughs) It's
0: like, come on.
1: Um, But yeah, just that, you know, everything around you is a mirror. And if you can love yourself through those difficult moments, you have nothing to worry about. Like, please be your authentic self. Show up. Be sensitive. Go read that book, The Highly Sensitive Person. There's a lot of people out there that identify as that and you're not alone. So don't feel alone. Um, go out and share your gifts and don't overthink it too much. Mm. Just feel. We need to feel so much more than we think. And that's, mm. <laughs> that is my lifelong lesson. So I'm learning it, but um, yeah, just go for it. It's all I can really, I just want to encourage people to go for it and embrace yourself because you matter and, What you have to say, what you have to share, it all is important. It's on your heart for a reason, so share it.
0: Mm, Beautiful. Oh, I love, 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 love that. Thank you for that empowerment, for that reminder. Thank you. Absolutely, love. This has been so much fun, so please tell everybody. And thank you for listening, too. Thanks for hanging around with us. So share with us your website, your Instagram, and all that before we close out. It's all just my name.
1: So my website is elisekendia.com. My Instagram is at elisekendia. Um yeah, just keeping it simple, you know, so it's <laughs> easy to find me. Um, and yeah, that's I'm I try to show up on Instagram. I'm usually in my stories more than anything else. So um yeah, just trying to share more. And my my podcast is called Returning Home. Um, and that's really about like cu- uh, all of that unlearning that I talked about earlier. So mm. hopefully I'll get that back up and running this year is <laughs> yes. the plan. I
0: got to learn all that stuff. But, um, yeah,
1: so that'll be a place to find me as well.
0: Awesome. Highly recommend. Thank we'll you- have all the links in the show notes, my friend. And thank you so much for tuning in today. How about we share another deep breath? <sighs> thank you so much, Elise. Thank you, beautiful listener. So glad that you're here with us and with me. And I will talk to you very soon. Love you so much. Hey, love, thank you so much for tuning in today for Spiritually Empowered Podcast. I hope you absolutely loved this episode. And if you did, please share it with somebody who you really feel would benefit from these teachings and from this remembrance. I hope you have an incredible day wherever you're at in your world. And I will talk to you very soon. Love you.